Paris in the sand Fuck a cookie left it in your hand We'll be falling in love To the rhythm of the steel drum band Down in Coke Oh, Jamaica Ooh, I wanna take you to Bermuda Welcome to another exciting, lost, wandering, meandering, tutti-frutti episode of Middle-Aged Metalheads. We are in for a tropical treat this evening as we do Desert Island Discs as only we can. I'm joined by our friends and yours, Michael Stamps, Woohoo! the Metal Lord Colin Bosler. That's a question. Yeah. yeah. Have we not done this before? We have. I, okay. I was going to bring that up. As I only we can so. do again is yeah. what David meant to say. Uh, okay. yeah. That's not what I meant to say. I don't remember ever doing this. And we John have. Harden. We have indeed. Hi. Piping in from uh, We hadn't yep. even finished the introductions and everybody's having days off of going like, This is like. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah we, we did. did. We, I feel we like I'm teaching once now. already. Yep. Before we get um, started, can I just have a question about this assignment? Can I. I just wanted to kind of set the stage to say our loyal listeners probably have Colin, said, hey, you are you know, correct. What episode asking. was that? I think oh, you're It was fairly early. I uh, swear, David. Yes, we have done this. I don't um, believe you. I, I, think, I think it has like is a Joey subtitle, Mahoney like, like the, tra- the Trail of Tears or something like that, because Colin was asking about treasure the trail. treasure trail. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. That wasn't Desert Island Discs, was it? I am looking. But first... The word from our sponsors, <laughs> which we have not. <laughs> the weekend metal. It's the middle age metalheads. It's the weekend metal. Middle age metalheads. It's the It's the week in metal, middle-aged metalheads. There's the week in metal, with the middle-aged metalheads. Yeah, it, you have. <laughs> no way. But we, we haven't were, done it like this. We upped the ante this time around. Episode Maybe. 41, Desert Island Picks. Wipe twice and wash your hands. Beginning you of go. the pandemic. Right. They locked go. it out, David. Wow. Oh, oh. Okay, so that's going back at least three it's years then, I guess. Okay. Yep. Okay. Let's see here. So, Episode uh, March 23rd, 2020. All so right. we traveled again and crashed on another desert island. Three and a half years. Not good desert at this. Island what happens? <laughs> just read Robinson Crusoe. That's totally what happens to that poor fuck. Okay. <laughs> I got right. stranded in one place, and then I got stranded in another place. And Here then I was made a slave. And then I was like looking to buy slaves. And then I was hanging out on the beach. It was great. David, we can meddle. Dude, I checked out for a second. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Nice. <laughs> Robinson Crusoe. Cool. You're first up. 
Robinson Crusoe. Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, you know this affinity that I have for Smash Mouth. Their singer died at yeah. f- 56 years old, dude. Mm-hmm. He was in hospice care. What took him out? Cancer. Okay. Yeah, dude. Like, what the heck? Like, I didn't even, I mean, I don't know how often anybody checks in on, you know, the health and, and safety of Smash Well, he, he had left the band a couple years ago, right? Did he, he have some sort of breakdown on, on stage? And he had a, like, he, I mean, I guess. Sort of racist tirade or something? Like, like, I think like a lot of folks, you know, I, I, I believe I read he's got some, some, he had some depressive tendencies or something, and that was like a, a, an episode, right? Uh-huh. I kind of felt like he got he got a good be- bit of understanding out of that. Um, but then he also turned around very quickly, apologized, and said, you know what, I need to take better care of myself and, and split, right? Yeah. Something like that. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it, because like I said, I don't, I'm not super invested in Smash Mouth, but I did, it, you know. It, it actually looks like cardiomyopathy took him out. A disease of the heart muscle that makes it hard for the heart to deliver blood to the body. Hmm. Huh. That's what this story says. Yeah. Well, I mean, it greatly I guess... impacted his motor functions, including speech and memory. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, so they say that he the 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 cancer thing was this final stage of liver failure. But I mean, I think that uh, when you start losing all that weight and all that stuff, I think everything is up for up for debate as far as yeah, what's gonna like what's he, gonna he function. Seemed like he had been in dire straits for like past shit twenty years or so. But, really? Because we remember them from. Uh, what you were saying, like, uh, walking on the Shrek. sun. Walk, and, dude, uh, walking on the sun. I remember I heard that, I don't know, in a store or something. I love this. That's a great sounding song. It's like a really good, like, throwback organ sound and all that. Or, well, the production yeah, really. on those albums is, is amazing. Yeah, it really sounds good. very, very good. That whole that whole record, whatever it's called, Fush You Man, I think, or something like that. Yeah. It's a really good record. There's a, there's a couple of kind of like punk, like pop punk songs on there. Yeah, um, it, it, it's totally of its. It's era. a fun record. I I it's think fun. that it, it, it's like a, uh, it's a it's a party friendly sort of record. Yeah, it's very party so, friendly. And I think as Steve Harwell says, like if we remembered by, uh, you know, for anything, we were going to be like one of the greatest like sun and fun bands. They had like you know, they had a handful of hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and and, and again, I think that the um, all star. Yeah, All Star was was overplayed. That was on my morning drive playlist. But um, you know, here's the thing that I was thinking uh, about. Smash this. Mouth is garbage. Rest in peace. Uh, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, awful. I can't wait for the reality show where the remaining members audition yeah audition a new like in excess. A, 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 a Dude, new slubby singer. I look. I yeah, look it's gonna be Sebastian uh, Bach. That's gonna win. <laughs> Jason McMaster. <laughs> I, but you know, I think anyway, I, I want so, Mark from Sugar Ray to actually win it. You though. guys are not. He you might. guys are not helping. You know, that was actually what I was thinking when you said yeah. that, like Sun and Fun Band. But you know, the thing, the thing that I was thinking is, at our age, everybody's dying, and uh, and it sucks. And it's always fun to have fun, but it's like when people start dying, it just it stinks. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, that it's like we can we can kind of crack our jokes about Smash Mouth and I and I do pretty often, but it's like then you read about a guy dying or something like eh, yeah, what the that's hell? terrible. It's that terrible. It's a it's a yeah. shame. So I guess but I you take... didn't kill him. No, no, I didn't. But it's like yeah. it's it's. I like, can still you. say his band sucks. Yeah, I mean I can yeah. still say his band sucks for sure. But it's like it's just kind of like it's off. It's like you can make fun of your friends as long as they're alive. Then you just got to make fun of them differently. Or they're in the room and you're just sort of like, huh, I'm just kidding. Well, you know I. <laughs> 
I just pretend they're dead when they're in the room. So, Mikey. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, speaking of ageless, uh, and again, uh-huh. we, you know, again, we talk, we go from the mortal remains of Steve Harwell uh, to uh, a great duet is in the works. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't been able to locate any video or audio of it, but. For those of you who haven't heard enough of Bonnie Tyler and her epic 80s uh, ballad, power ballad, epic song, uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart, now you will hear it as sung by one Doro Pesh and, oh that's not, oh that's, and Rob Halford. I was looking at Colin going like, I was confused by the images there. No, no. I so, smell so, another so, duet episode coming. So, so <laughs> Rob and Doro are teaming up for like this awesome, you know, redo, reboot. Nobody asked for it. He should have done it with Steve yeah, Harwell. Da- David's David's exhale there pretty much sums up my approach to this this collaboration. <laughs> oh, no it, one, it, no one wants this. No one mm. cares. Like <laughs> the, 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 reading reading Doro's. The transcript when she had a conversation with Eddie Trunk about this was like, yeah, people were like telling us, like the song is like, wow. And we were listening to it and we thought, this is wow. And we're thinking like the song is going to be wow. And it's like, I know, you know, maybe English is Doro's first language, but it's like a lot of like, like underselling of it and just kind of going like, all we got is like comic book exclamations, like, wow. <laughs> Bam! Zing! So, you know when you uh, have yeah, you know, she she yeah. covered "Living After Midnight," right? right. Like when, when Rob, while, Rob was featured back. on that too. Yeah, so. and that, I mean that's another like no one asked for this. No. Like I, I, it's you hear songs like that and like her version. There's nothing different about it than than the nope. priest track except she sings like nope. and Rob behind her. It's like it's just very. <sighs> I think it's, and again, I think it's, it, again, it it's like still, album filler. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's album filler and it's like COVID uh, sort of like hangover where it's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, can I just like do karaoke to your song and you kind of like come on and, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Let's do that. And it's yeah. fun. And, and it's a good lark. I, you know, I'm not going to endorse it or not. There's There's been like other things where like Tom Kiefer like uh, hooked up with uh, Lizzie, Lizzie, Hale. Lizzie Hale for a, a, a re- rendition of Nobody's Fool. And it's like, now that's a little bit. That was different. a little better. You really got to make it. If you can't make something better somehow. Yeah. Well, again, just, just or different. Yeah. Or, or different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I'm really into those dudes who will do like like an acoustic cover of a, of a, like a, a heavy tune or the other way around. Yeah. Just yeah. do something. I don't think it's about the music. I think it's about the clicks that they get from our generation. That's what they want. Yep, I remember that yes. song. That song was great. Click, click, yeah, click. Right. They want the advertisers want the money, yeah. right? They want our interest. It's, it's, and, and, Bo- and Bonnie Tyler wants the it's clicks. Far too Yeah, and Colin, like in terms of like clicks and and monetized clicks, she's never gonna make enough. 
clicks no. to make any money. No, like, but somebody with, else with will. the clicks on Spotify and Apple like that, no. I mean, it would have to be in the millions before it even made a, a dent. And, and, and it's going it, to be uh, they're the they're they're hoping it's going to get picked up in a commercial. And, and, and all, maybe all the, maybe all, all, all the money's <laughs> yeah, going to go to movie, Jim, yeah. All, all the money's going to go to Jim Steinman who wrote the song anyhow. There so. you go. Yeah, sure. And remember, overseas they still love a lot of that older American stuff over there, yeah. man. In Europe, yeah. the eighties are still huge. Canada, so lots of big play over there. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of songs that no one asked yes. for. Yes. Dragon I'm listening Force to it right now. There's a new song. <laughs> Colin, this song is bad. It's not good. Like, but, that, I, but there's going to be a tour now. Yeah. Yes, okay. It's so, just average. But there's going to be a tour. Oh, oh, are you guys talking about Dragon so, Force? We are. We're talking about Dragon Force. They came back. They have, They put out a new single. I was so happy that you did this, John. Doomsday Party. Uh, their Where's first the track in, the, in four years. It's uh, Go to the bottom of that page, Dave. Uh... I don't know. You know, it starts out with like, like sort of a 16-bit video game intro, like mm-hmm. like half of Dragon Force's songs, and <laughs> the the guitar on it is fine. I, you know, in that story bit that accompanied the release of the uh, of the single, apparently the the singer uh, Mark Hudson, the current singer of Dragon Force, which I think, I mean, you tell me, Colin. They're like five or six singers oh, deep. Yeah, now. it's like, pretty I, soon I, I everybody will be in Dragon Force. Dart. I liked when he was with them, uh, like the through the dragon or through through the fire and the flames. Yes, like that's yep. that's when Dragon Force was good. Anyway, Mark Hudson, who's sort of like a uh, a fake Sebastian Bach without without the looks and the talent, uh, <laughs> is now the singer for Dragon Force. And he said that the album is almost. He was going in to finish up. They're almost finished. And then they talked to Herman Lee right after. And Dragon Force is his band. And he said, we're nowhere near finished. With <laughs> 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 the record. But I laid so, my vocal tracks, Doug. I'm yeah. done. So uh, anyone holding their breath for the next Dragon Force release, uh, you may have to just uh, have this song in. for a minute. Yeah. Would you, John, would um, you listen to these guys do a, a rendition of Total Eclipse of the Heart? I would rather hear them do it than Doro and Rob Halford, to be honest, because at least it would be somewhat different. You know what I mean? I do like, like Herman Lee's guitar histronics are, they're a little funny. Like they, they are a little comical and like, especially through the, you know, through their, their sort of like period of popularity with Through the Fire and the Flames and things like that. He plays super fast. Like those, those songs are like crazy fast. And it's like, He's fun to watch and things like that. As far as songs go, the songs are not that great. They're like they're <coughs> fine, um, right. but like, but he is an, an interesting player. He's one of those guys that like probably would be a little better off if he had a, a sort of Steve Vai type career or, or went on the guitar circuit with G7 or you know that sort of thing instead of trying to shape songs around the way he plays because it's almost like just a, a half-ass song until it gets to the solo and then it's his solo and then it goes back to a half-ass song it's just not that interesting yeah. it's like a most Yngwie stuff it's sort of like right um it's not working the drummer looks like ace freely <laughs> yeah but am i wrong like the singer looks, looks like yeah, like it does. a low rent sebastian bach yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. very cheap very cheap Flea market. Flea market Sebastian. You went up to Herman. Herman went, okay. Herman, fine. No problem. Like, he's only going to be there like another six, seven months anyway, and then we'll see who the next singer is. Like, (laughs) Skid Row should just send over all their singers. Like, whenever they're done with them, send them over to Herman Lee. And, like, you know. Except for the dead one. 
sorry. Dude. Just touch it on wow. a theme. Just touch it on a theme. <laughs> Steve Harwell. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm going to end our week in metal. Well, actually, for me, it's last week's in metal. Um, mm-hmm. All of us, sans John Harden, who did not make the trip out. I uh, think every, every, every last one of us ended, ended up at the Mr. Bungle show in Philadelphia uh, on a Wednesday night down at the Fillmore. And uh, it was fun. It was, uh, and I'll tell you, the opening band was terrible. Uh, who was uh, it? Battles? battles. Don't. Yeah. Just don't leave that. Leave that. Don't just spend it's like orchestral maneuver in the darks, kids or something. Who you they're hung like out a, too, like too much. In... They've, they've been around forever, but yeah. like, yeah. But is don't. Mike Patton in that band too? No, he's no, really, but I bet you he had something to do. I'm with sure it. he's yeah. a big fan. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we all descended upon the Fillmore and got to see Mr. Bungle, and uh, I stayed for about an hour. I, I had to get home, so I couldn't stay for the end. I'm sure David was there until the final curtain was drawn but uh, was. it was an interesting time it was a pretty good pretty decent turnout not packed but a pretty decent turnout oh no it was it was it was really full the, the, it wasn't the, packed at, though at, no. at the Fillmore no it wasn't packed but it was a Wednesday oh, yeah. night but it was it was, a it decent, was pretty yeah. damn full by the time Bungle uh, hit the stage and uh, it, was a, it was a high energy show you know with a lot uh, of bad people you know, nice all, all the hits <laughs> felt full I like I like the covers. I always love when they throw the covers in there. How, much, how of much of Angel Dust made it to the set there, Mike? None. <laughs> what? Yeah, they, they didn't do anything more. No, they do bungle. They don't do fake no they more. They did a Slayer nah. song. They did do a Slayer song. They did a Slayer. Yeah. They did Spando Ballet. They did. I think yeah, I like Faith No More better. Yeah. They they did some Spando Ballet and they did like another like seventies uh, easy listening song. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, like, I can't think of it. Do the Nestle they, cover. They, no, they did the one that was from they did the ten CC song from uh I'm not in love. Is that ten CC? Not in love. Someone get James oh, Gunn on go. the line. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. J- it's it's on uh Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, like right. straight up yacht rock shit. Yeah. It was it was good. Scott Ian was in good form. <laughs> Dude, they were all like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> every one of them. It was it Scott was, it Ian's was, up there with his stick, and he's like, "Boys, don't cry." It was it was it was great. And th- those were like kind of strangely like the highlights. It was it was it was uh, it was an interesting show. But like some was, school it bubble. doesn't sound that good. None of I, I could I couldn't none of figure, you sound like it. Uh, was like, it was, I, I, I could most of the show. You couldn't really figure out what Patton was doing because he was like in front of like two different like. Uh, uh, like iPads or something. Yeah. Like I, I imagine, like one had lyrics on it, maybe one had like pornography on it. Who knows? But like, uh, it, it was, I was, I told Sharice, like, I don't think anybody's really paying that much attention to the lyrics. So like, I don't know, because like, sounds like you, a mess. When you, when no, you hear, it was, when you hear the Bungle song. They did a like, Stormtroopers or Death but, song too, right? They did. Yeah. Speaking of should die. Yeah, I, I never realized how much Anthrax style was in their Mr. Bungle music. I guess I just never. Yeah, but I, but at the time, like when Mr. Bungle was was an active band originally, mm. they didn't sound like Anthrax. Like if you hear those initial Mr. Bungle records, mm-hmm. they, they don't really sound like Anthrax. Yeah. Oh no. So the so the what is it? The raving something of the Easter Bunny is their first record, and it was just a demo, and it was th- it was a thrash record, and that's what they when they started gigging. A couple of years ago, up when I saw him in Brooklyn, that's the record they were gigging on, you know, and they were doing a bunch of covers in addition to that. This this show is pretty much that set list with some different covers, right? 
Um, and they did like one and a half of the bungle tunes from the OU818, which became the the Warner Brothers record. Yeah. Um, which was very different. And I think that was, uh, you'd have to check the timeline on, on when he got you know, kind of involved in that Soho crowd, you know, um, John Zorn and all them. Um, because that, like, I think Zorn plays Alto and, and Barry on the Warner Brothers release. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really different sound. I I liked it. I thought it was super tight, super heavy. Yeah. Um, when I saw him in Brooklyn, it was very obvious that, like, Lombardo had just joined the band and was still figuring some things out because Patton spent a lot of time giving him cues back then. This was, I mean, dude, Lombardo just killed that show. <laughs> He's so good. He's good. He's yeah. so, like, everything, it was like you knew it was him without being, like, over the top. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was good fun. And uh, David had tickets that somebody had to buy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he did them on Wednesday night, David. But, Quite uh, an endorsement. We had we had, a, we had a great time, and it was it was good to see Mike Patton. I didn't see Mike Patton since I can't remember the last time I saw him. It was like, did you see the Faith and War reunion? No, I saw I see, I remember seeing uh, Faith and War six opening. seven years back. I saw them open for Metallica a couple times back in eighty nine ninety yeah. in that range, and then. I saw them also open for Billy Idol. Oh, right. At the Cow Palace. But, you know, that's that's going back a good 30-plus years easily. Yeah. yeah. That. Let's go to the Desert Island. Or at again. Least a, at least a, a, again. Let's go a back different to the Desert, desert Island. Island. And John, I think you explained this better than, than anybody else. So why don't you kind of cue us up here i i i'm not sure i did honestly i mean right, Mike well, made the doc it's like we we all picked three <laughs> albums that we that we could bring with us to it to a desert island and i we because we've done this before i think all of us went a little left of center this time because i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bring up master of puppets again and pyromania again and you know it's like there's certain records that we have talked to death uh on the show so i picked three that that i haven't talked a ton about uh and i i feel like the other guys did as well um yeah i don't Michael remember what i had last time colin so. uh their luggage got lost and they each got each other's picks. Uh, so so they, they got three albums for each other. But, you know, we decided on this topic earlier in the week and, and decided these were the only albums we were going <laughs> to listen to uh, leading up to the episode. And uh, I, so, it you was, know, so again, to emphasize that it was meant as like a challenge. Like, could I listen to Colin's picks? You know, from top to bottom, over and over, over the course of multiple days, as though I were simulating this uh, hellscape experience of being, you know, lost on a <laughs> desert island where my, my solar-powered boombox can only play <laughs> my, picks. Mike's picks. <laughs> or, 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 or in Colin's case. Imagine right? like, so, tonight so, we exalt getting, Colin as the bravest man in rock and roll. Honey, <laughs> we're getting something. <laughs> I, I thought we were like, we were, we were going to up the ante and like everybody would do the challenge and stuff, but like, not so Only much. you and I did it, Michael. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you and I. so listen, David just, and I just David, listened to albums. In, David's like, picks today going like, in my defense, what? my approach was I grabbed one album. 
falling from the boat. Oh my! And I found the other two. They were like these. Those are two records that I'm sure. Slipped out of Colin's luggage. No, that I'm sure would be <laughs> yes. found in like a a bargain basement remainders bin. Yeah, basement full yeah. of boners. Yeah, shipping box washed up on shore. There's there's definitely saw cuts on these. Right. Records. Yes, there's definitely saw cuts on these records. Yeah. So we Bill will talk about something from Age of Metal fell from the sky. Right. <laughs> Like Jumanji. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. That's all. all right. So I guess we Shall have we to crank like, up uh, the coconut turntable and listen to some of this. <laughs> crank Professor. this up, Gilligan. Let's get it going. Skipper. Now, I don't have Apple Music, so they might throw commercials in here for me. Just FYI. Right. We'll walk you through. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I'm going to. Oh, you know what? It says preview. So much. So it may not give me the whole thing here. All right, Grandpa. <laughs> Right, go ahead. Just, just, just get it jiggered up. It's, you, you got, the, you got the list of songs, so you're probably familiar with. You should just search them out on them. YouTube. You're, 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 gonna, you're gonna be fine. Add us up there, Michael. People listening at home, this John will post this up on uh, the usual socials, and uh, we're gonna count it up to three, and we're going to the desert island on a three-hour tour. One, two, three. Oh, oh, this is such a nice way. To David, this is so Desert Islandy. It is. I'm on my Desert Island. This is from my one of my favorite records, and I know one of John's probably least favorite records. Pronounce it correctly. You always Fle- try and pronounce it like it's normal. It's flexible. Not. Steve no, Vice, no flexible. <laughs> the word flexible does not have a hyphen in the middle of it. How's it pronounced? <laughs> it's flexible. Flex able. That's right. Yeah, because. Like Dave Mustaine, Steve Vai thinks he's so clever. <laughs> so this this record is the most, I'd say, uh, Zappa-influenced record of the Vai collection. It also contains what I think are the most raw, like, stunt guitar work that he does. Um, he does a lot of more intricate stuff in some records. He does a lot more heavy stuff here and there. But this record, beginning to end... Every freaking song is different. They're all interesting. They're all a little weird. Even this one here, you'll hear when he breaks into like the big, the big loud solo. It's just so good. What year did this come out? 82? Okay. 84? So it's quite a while now. If you're not hearing it, it's like a five minute guitar uh, jam. There's like some accompaniment. There's, I hear a little drummer coming in. Yeah, so if um, you can go back, and he he used to write call it sleep. He used to write a uh, like a monthly column for Guitar Player magazine, and he would talk sometimes about some of the songs in these on this record. Um, And there's a whole write up on each of these songs. I think it's in the liner notes of the of the of the uh, the record itself. But man, it's just such—it's a really good record. I know—I know some people don't like instrumentals, John, but they're not all instrumental. There's some really interesting and kind of offbeat lyrical songs on here, as well. I'm thinking like the boy and girl song and and Junkie, um, and Little Green Men is the opening track on this record, which is a lot of fun too. Hmm. Yeah. So. Um, my first uh, impression, like hearing this when I was, you know, just priming everything before the show, was like, 
grocery store or doctor's office. It was oh like a gosh. little bit of both. It's like I, he's getting a little more steamy and sort of like you know getting getting some more jazzy sort of stuff going on here. But it's like so. When's the song start? Is this just like the warm up? <laughs> I will. I, I I think the other instruments actually drag this song down. I think I might like it better if that lazy drum beat was actually not part of this and it was just him playing. <laughs> yeah. Those are those are Lynn drums on the whole record. Those are, are like little like sampled electronic drums. The They're fact that somebody they, they sound like pretty eight bit too. Yeah, the fact that somebody took the time to program them it is I find very hard to believe because <laughs> programming drums is a drag. Does that somebody rhyme with Beave My? <laughs> no, it's actually there's a guy who did all the programming on the oh, record. Oh, okay. Which I, I'm like, good for you. I don't think I know anybody who hates me enough to do that, or that I hate <laughs> enough to be like, could you program all the drums? Shit, Colin, are you missing this? Yeah, I, I don't have Apple Music, so I just got I got it started, and now it's that went away because I can only do the preview. Oh, just okay. open up Spotify and well, line up all I'm, the songs. That's what I'm going to do now. There I didn't know how much I didn't know how much preview I was going to get, but uh, I got you. You had about a minute to get yourself set for. Well, I got to remember how to log yeah, in. Yeah, it's going to feel like thirty, you're, but uh, you're going to miss the good part. The good part's <laughs> coming up, Paul. Get to it. Get to it. Quickly. I'm trying. I'm trying. Killing me, dude. No, you missed Killing it. I, this is a solid minute I, left. I like it when he's with Dave better. Yeah. Well, he's got his own little thing going on. You got to listen to this whole record, though. This is the thing for the Desert Island. Did he this play this when you saw him this year? This song? I don't think so. No. So, so talked David, a lot. Does this does this fit into <laughs> like your conception of like Desert Island? You could hear this over. And I could over listen to this record every day. No, I love this. Didn't record. you just get a first pressing? I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I got. I got. A, I had good. already had like a first pressing from England, and I just got a first pressing from the states. Um, did you see? Speaking of Steve Vai, since we're got thirty seconds left, did you see the the commercial they're running for the new? They're relaunching G three. With Satriani, no, well, it goes out every year, right? Uh, yeah, like every but other I think I something. think they were not doing. They were doing like G seven or something. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of them last time. By Satriani, Duno's not there because he's on his own tour with Extreme. Yeah, doing cooler so stuff. So it's so it's Satriani, Vi. Satriani Vi, and Eric Johnson, and okay, there's this so. super cheesy commercial that they made, imagine. like calling each other <laughs> wow. on the phone. They're like, hey, "Where do you see it?" It's, it, was on, it was on. Uh, it's got to be on YouTube. Right? It was on. Uh, what do you call it? On Facebook. Okay. Where he's like, "Hey, how you doing, man? Guess what?" And he's like, "Oh, let me call. Let me call Eric Johnson." Hey, Eric. Guess what? I got Satch on the other line. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> Michael. Uh, Michael. Why don't you introduce Colin's first track? All right. So uh, next up, uh, we got. Uh, I got Colin's luggage here. So. <laughs> I reach it in and. Uh, and you're welcome. Uh, Any boners? Luggage, zombie. baggage. It's a it's a song called uh, Black Sunshine. It features Iggy Pop doing mostly sort of like voiceover narration and stuff. But this is from uh, the the Zombie debut record, La Sexorcista, Volume One. I don't. There was never. Really was there ever a, a volume two? There was no, no volume. It's like that two. history of the world part it's one. It's like Keeper of the Seven. No Keys. history of the like, world part two. It's such a good song. But uh, it, it, it's definitely a drive-in sort of rocker. Um, I like these white zombie records. <laughs> Thank you. They're, they're you not know, very. But, there's not much to them. Like they're. It's like you know. It's kind of just like a like a fluffy dessert. Like you know. You can just throw it on. They just sound good. 
Yeah. See, that's the whole thing. I figured if I'm on the island, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, of, of emotion in these songs. A little anger, a little, you know, off the, off the center line. And you go pound good, sand, you know? Bosler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, remember, you Colin keep puts it. this on when he finds the other children on the island and goes all piggy. <laughs> like, right. And it's a little bit of 90s new metal kind of edge to it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, no, doesn't no, leave that works. alone. It, it, it had been a while since I'd listened to uh, La Sex or Sista. Uh, I can't believe I've ever said that say aloud like before, so it takes a little practice. Give it but, time. Uh, Add the time. Really, like, uh, <laughs> all, all the songs are, like, really good because they all sound the same. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Wow. No, they don't. But, uh, so, Colin, you they, can listen. They could kind you? of do, but I don't think that's a fault. It's not I a think fault. It's, it's fine. It's not, like, but it's just sort of like there's no deviation but so who's whose song is this this is it's colin Holland. picked it yeah. but colin michael enjoyed it, it this I, I, could I, you listen, listen to this whole record absolutely uh, i was i was in the office on friday uh taking care of some stuff waiting for paloma to get out of uh, ymca and i listened to it three times round round and round Fantastic. the whole and, album uh, yeah yeah, and then it was like uh, next thing you know, it's there's six there's, in the morning. There, there's there's one song on there. It's like, like that's that's drag you, Dragula. Like the like the, the what's that song? Is it like the Dragula? Yeah, Dragula. But that's, that's a Rob a, Zombie that, album. Right? Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's not this there's, album. There's one yeah. song on there. It's like that was like the like the rough draft for it. Like mm-hmm. the same yeah. song. It's <laughs> just yeah. But again, it, and again, there's there's no expert sort of like. Uh, uh, you know, standout musicianship in it. It's, it's, it's like a good rock band. And again, I, I remember that when they first, you know, appeared like uh, as part of like Alternative Nation and stuff. And Beavis and Butthead loved them, so that's that's quite an endorsement. And uh, you know, and Zombies, Zombies, an icon, great filmmaker, made a lot of you know his whole sort of stick with uh, the combination of horror and metal. It's like it's 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 kind of cool. Uh, could I like eat this thick fudge like for every meal? I don't know. Uh, there, Colin served up another helping of other stuff, but we'll uh, we'll get to that when it comes. Mm. We, I always uh, thought he seemed like an a hole. I wonder if he's cool. Dave, what, 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 what's your take on the zombie here? White zombie. You know, I mean, band. I've been I've been hearing white zombie since they came out. The singer for the band I was in in, in high school was super into them. Um, you know, for that like overly, like super over distorted guitar sound and stuff that people weren't really doing. I think early on, like early Mud Honey sound, that like SG through like five different distortion pedals and a wah and all that stuff. But uh, no, I mean, I, a bunch of people I knew liked them. I didn't dislike them. Um, he, throws, he throws in like a, I, I, I totally forget this record. He throws in like a lot of speaking parts and, mm-hmm. and samples from like obscure. Or movies, yeah. and you know, Batman's and Roger in there. Corman shit and stuff, and it's like it's you, you see the pastiche of it all, which is kind of interesting. But uh, you know, we're moving on to uh, John's pick, I think. Uh, the Foo Fighters brought some Foo Fighters with me. White Limo, the album that I picked to bring with me, is uh, Wasting Light, the Foo's seventh record, which was kind of a uh, a trip back in time for Grohl, uh, he decided he wanted to make a record and record it to tape, uh, which which he hadn't done for a long time, and he called Butch Big to produce it, 
And uh, they built a studio in Dave's garage. And uh, Butch thought he was kidding uh, at first. Was like, really? We're going to do it to tape? Like, you know, you, you we can't fix it. And uh, so, you know, Dave and the band just buckled down and said, okay, like, you know, every, everyone come ready. Like, learn your shit and, and let's do it live. And they did. So, wow. You know, they made, this is my favorite Foo Fighters record. It came out in 2011. What else is uh, on this record? Uh, walk, Rope. Burning Bridges. Um, Anything that I would know. It wasn't a huge single record. The song Dear Rosemary's on there, the one that he does uh, uh, with Bob Mould from Husker Du. Yeah, oh. that's that's the second track. That, that's the one that sounds... That's the standout track because it's a little... It, 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 sonically and song structure-wise, it's a Was little... Was These Days different. a hit... Uh, these days was a single. Yeah, I, I think it was probably like a, a middling hit. It's not a very singles-oriented record or yeah. hits-oriented record. I think I think it was uh, less anthemic than a lot of a lot of Foo Fighters records. It's different than a lot of them, but I love it. Like like top to bottom, love it. And uh, I you know this this song has the accompanying video with with Lemmy driving around in the limo picking up each member of the Foo Fighters, uh, you know, from from their various gigs. This was also uh, this was also the first album back for Pat Smear he, uh, as a full band member. He had left after Color in the Shape huh. and then came back for this uh, 14 years later and huh. has been there ever since. Huh. Yeah, so I, I once John put up his picks too. I, I I think I spent some time. I think I listened to this one maybe two or three times as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think, Colin? You, um, I liked. I res- I'm gonna say this. I respect the Foo Fighters more than I listen to the Foo Fighters. I I understand some of the history and respect Dave Grohl and, and they have some really really good songs I can't say that I run and go oh, I really need some Foo Fighters today like John does John you know swears by these guys they're probably them. top three I'm guessing in your yeah. in your heart and I mean, uh, I've got a pinball machine that only plays Foo Fighters that's what I'm saying so <laughs> so I, Michael I would say that if, if I went to John's house if I'm in Texas and he says hey listen Let's go play the Foo Fighters machine. I could listen to the Foo Fighters, no problem. Oh yeah, yeah but, I, but I'm not going to hang out at a party and go, "Hey, put put the Foo's on." I really would like to. Hear. That's, <laughs> that's just that's, that's not going like, to be me. Hey, Mr. Yeah. DJ, could you play this song? Yeah, that's again, I, that's I, not going to come from I me. Love, I love the, the the Foo's first two records, and we're moving into mine here, uh, which is a little. Oh, well, I don't know. We're going to like flip it to Colin. This is a little something called King Cobra. Tough guy. Oh, right. Wow. So when I, I find this luggage on the beach, right? Because I don't have mine, okay? It's, it's got these world traveler stickers all over it, right? Michael's got these, you know, he's been everywhere around the planet. And uh, I open it up and I, I sift through all the things and I find these three records. All the and lube you're talking about? I, I did not <laughs> say, I did not say anything about what's in there otherwise, but there's a bunch of stuff. And uh, I find these three records and this is one of them. And it's like a gift to me. The King Cobra record, I, I could have packed it myself. Really? Were, were you super familiar with Ready to Strike already? Oh my God! Yeah, I know it note yeah. for note, word for word, song yeah. for song. That that was a really? that was a, oh dude, I know everything. It's about a good record. I, I, I'm with <laughs> I'm with you on this. Uh, this, yeah. this was just like handing me it was like Christmas. When Michael said okay. to me, I'm like, oh, it's a, the whole album's already on the flash drive. That's all you need to know. Well, 
spins in my car constantly. So you could yeah, listen I, to this I like record of a lifetime too. every day. Well, I'm not going to say that the three that Michael gave me are everyday favorites. Again, King Cobra more than the others. Um, again, it's on the flash drive. I hear it a lot. Um, I would say every day for the rest of my time on the island. Mm, that's why it wasn't one of my top picks, but it certainly wouldn't hurt me. And again, we, we were going a little left of center, sort of like in terms of our picks. We weren't going like all time, you know, Hall of Fame sort of picks. And going like, this is a, this is definitely an album that I'm going to say easily like once a month, listen to top to bottom. I, I will say it sounds very dated, and I don't mean it as a knock. It sounds very <laughs> dated in a great way. Like, yeah. It's it's of it, it's of its era here. It's it sounds very mid eighties action movie soundtrack, yeah. Metal, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like they could be thrown onto any, and I don't mean like an A list movie. I mean like <laughs> oh, Iron Eagle, definitely like, yeah. right? Like Iron Eagle, like Iron Eagle two, right? Iron Eagle two. That's yeah, right. Would be the Can you imagine you're at, a, you're at a, you're like a little cocktail party. <laughs> Someone's like, hey, that's, that's John Harden over there. We should ask him what he thinks of that record. And he's like, you know, you guys, this song should be in a movie. I mean, not a good one. Yeah. Like, have you ever heard yeah. of Lou Gossett Jr.? Yeah. Oh, I, I heard really Stallone's making movie. a new movie, and it's like, cool your jets. We're not talking to Stallone. Jason have Patrick. You seen, have you seen you're like, I heard, This could be in a Stallone movie. So this is going to be like Top Gun, Frank but like Stallone. really bad. Yeah, Top Gun, but without Tom Cruise. That's right. <laughs> Top Gun, gonna, the TV we're gonna have, show. Uh, Jason, what was the guy? Jason uh, Patrick. Jason Pat- was it Jason Patrick? I think so. Right. I don't know. Was it Jason Robert Patrick? Patrick with no K? Oh, that Jason Patrick. Yeah, with no K. Am I wrong? Right. Jason I Patrick was he, in like Lost Boys. Jason he Patrick. Like, he's an actor. He was, like, he was like the third Jason behind like Jason Bateman and yeah, he's the. Oh, sorry. Jason Gedrick is in there. Iron you go. Oh, That's well, the Patrick. Yeah. There is a Patrick without a K. He is. Yeah, he's the uh, guy. Yeah, he, that's the guy from Lost he plays, Boys. He plays Michael. In oh, Lost he was the yeah. uh, he was the bad guy in the first season of Bosch. If you guys watched third tier TV shows on Amazon Prime, yeah. But uh, yeah, again, one like, thing about <laughs> King Cobra, very singable. Yeah, sing along. So that's a good thing. Yeah, King Cobra, I, when I agree. Out, that's what I mean. Plan. I mean, it does sound dated, but it's. it's kind of great but it's good dated and for me yeah. it's, it's, it's like a little time capsule it takes you back to like this is like summer look the end of our eighth grade year and it just became like like the soundtrack of that summer and just, right now the montage is playing about like all yes. the hard stuff they all, went through but like yeah <laughs> spoiler all won. three of michael's records all fit together in that exact yeah perfect something to look forward to right there right, right at the end of that fade out they open the bathroom door he's brushing his teeth honey you ready to go <laughs> what and then the fangs come out That's right. but uh we then we uh, keep rolling on here with uh let it roll i was right. so impressed at ufo man yeah, so this, i did this not see this coming. every time i walk into a record store and i go to like the bargain bin hoping to see like lou rawls i find like five <laughs> ufo records right and oh, hoping to see lou rawls <laughs> Get off my back, dude. <laughs> Always disappointed with the lack of loose so balls. <laughs> I put this. I, so I made a decision when when we kind of decided on this. I was like, I'm gonna make my three record decision before I get to work. So I got in the car and I started playing records. And I'm like, I'm gonna have this figured out. And I'm like, what would be the most disappointing record I could find 
if I were digging through it. It was the only record. And it was this one. I was like, UFO. I've never listened to this record. And everybody I know who likes it loves it. And Good record. Dude, I put it on. Torture like, yourself on this dead I'm gonna, this, yeah. is the, this is the record I'm going to put on when I finally decide to start building a boat. Now, now this I is have time be my motivation for, like, to either hang myself or, <laughs> or build a boat. They'll be, and they'll find me. They'll be like, "You must have loved this. this song. You must have loved this band because he had it playing when he died." <laughs> I've tried with UFO. I don't. I don't know. They're, they're, I don't get they, it. They'll be like, they'll, they'll be giving the eulogy, old, like, and they'll be like, know. "This is what we knew about David. He loved sailing and UFO." Unfortunately, yeah. he died on no, an it, island. It, it, actually, you just say like. UFO forced me to get my shit together and totally Gilligan myself a boat get the fuck off this island. Dude, I build a boat. I get found in the in the middle of the ocean by like a, a, a charter, and they they like I wake up in the hospital and Pete Way is there and he's like, "Hey man, we're here for you." I was almost and then put I strangled it on there too, but like I, I wouldn't like that be better too much. It's I like, tell you what, if you don't like this song. There's ten more on this record. All right. I know. I know. Well, exactly. <laughs> they all suck. They're, they're, that's that's all of UFO. What, like... what record is it? Colin, do you like this album? The, I like a lot of UFO. Now, I will tell you that my buddy is huge, huge into UFO. So he's drugged me to see him a couple times. And, I, and when you see Eddie him Trump? live, when, no, not that guy. Okay. When you see when you see him live, though, how it many does, left? It, how many members are left? Yeah, like well, they they stopped touring. Actual they, UFO. There's one guy left, and then oh, okay. they stopped a couple years Colin, ago. He did, retired. Didn't we see them at the at Sellersville yeah. when they were around a couple years ago? Yep. So that was ostensibly their farewell tour. Let me, because, let me tell you, know, you how. Let me tell you how many people Bill are left. Bill Moog like had a heart attack. There's so few people left that Vinnie Moore is playing guitar for them. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's but if you see them live, John, it does help. It does. It does put a little yeah. bit more. There's, 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 there's energy. I, I, like, they're just a boat that I missed. I, I, I sort of put them like in in the same sort of area as as like Thin Lizzy. I can appreciate why people like them and and appreciate that they're good players. They're just before my time, and I'm just yeah. like not really into I can it. See that. Like, yeah. But, yeah, but this is not has good. like a good catalog of a lot. We, of we talked great about songs. Triumph, same thing. Like I, I recognize that like they're talented, no, but just this, not. Let me let for me, me let me tell you what this is. This, this is, is still when playing? it is. <laughs> this is like when you're growing up and you find like a box of four of like eight tracks in the basement. Yeah, and you find right. like you find like Kiss Alive. Behind. Yeah, you I find, found like, Kiss Alive. You find There's like David Soul's greatest hits, Jerry Rafferty, City to City, and then you go UFO, and you're like, oh, Some I've heard of them. Lace. I think they're a rock band. And you put this in, and you're sitting there, and you're going, is is this good? I don't think this is good. Like I got a record for free from a record store one time, and it was uh, Tommy Bolin, the Sidewinder. Okay, there you go. And I yeah, put it on. I'm like, is this good? It's not good. No, not T Rex. Tommy oh, Bolin. He was in like oh, the James. Oh, well, with the with David Bowie. No. Collins' gift to Michael. No, ah, so uh, <laughs> in uh, Collins' uh, travel bag, uh, there was one record that I recognize as sort of like that hot day where there's like a one last bottle of like cold beer, cold water in it, and it was Def Leppard's High and Dry. And Colin leads us off with uh, "Let It Go," the album opener. What the this, fuck? This will get you off the island because you're going to want to swim because you're going to have a lot of energy. 
I'm just I'm gonna say like this is pretty cool. Let's just hang out here for a while. This just makes you want to like find a nice shady spot and just kind of like chill and see if there's some local edibles and stuff. But uh, you know this this is a this is a great record, top to bottom. Mutt Lang produced. Uh, yeah, really really got the band like on the rails there. I, I, there not a not a throwaway track on this record which i didn't really have to listen to top to bottom because it's just chock full of hits yes it is it totally is and, yeah. and there's an instrumental on here and there's yeah, a and ballad on here and... that was the thing like i was going like what is this song and it was called like door, switch 625 door with number and it was like <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I just always thought this was like a lead-in to the next song, but like, it's a standalone something of a of a instrumental. But of course, it's it's known because it has like great hits like uh, "Bringing on the Heartbreak." Uh, what else is on this? Uh, that's that's the only real hit. Me and my wine, or me and my whiskey, whatever that's. Uh, me and my wine's not a terrible. Me song and my wine, that's good. that's a good song. It's a very yeah. good song. I'm not sure if it was a hit though. But, you know, but anybody. This is the only song, record you have, Colin. Likes, You're looking like, for like hits. good Nwobum <laughs> stuff. Just like there's, oh, not, there's, is... there's there's not a throwaway track on here. It's just, Amazing. Just good straight up rock and roll. Really? No oh my throw. god! Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Didn't they have different guys on this record too? Yeah, the original members. Who's that? Um, I think this, Who's that? this is the first record with Phil Collin on it. Phil Collin. Uh, I don't think so. He uh-huh. might have had a like one solo on this record, but uh, or maybe one solo on Pyromania. This it, it, Phil Collin wasn't there yet. He was he was being introduced to the band. He, right. He, this was he, this he was didn't Pete do the recording. Willis. He was coming on. Right, because the one guy died. After this, right? That, that's after Pyromania. Steve Clark is after Pyromania. Steve Clark. But, uh, yeah, this is like a good raw rock record. And then again, like you see Mutt Lang's uh, work with uh, that other band that would sell like tons of records, uh, AC/DC. Kiss? Oh. And it's like, it's, uh, it's paying off here. You know. I'm glad you liked it, Michael. Yeah, no, you, that, that was that the was, whole uh, record, though. The, the entire record it's right. a good record and, and, and it is one of those records where you know whenever i like talk to uh you know the the, the local speaker device whose name i do not speak right now um uh, like just do high and dry and it's like nice <laughs> david we got any thoughts on the deaf leopard no i mean I, i've kind of given my piece on deaf leopard i just not super like the songs of theirs i like i like the the ones that are kind of on the on the on the edge not really i might my buddies who were we all bought pyromania at the same time and some of them went back and picked up this one and on on through the night and really dug into that stuff and liked it it never really hit with me i was going towards the heavier stuff and uh a lot of metal was going the other direction so it never clicked with me I'm I'm one to sort of like hypothesize though because like I think this is my experience in like seventh and eighth grade like with only a limited amount of music that you could listen to and if you listen to it over and over you would come to like it yeah just, just yeah. like all those guys at, at Gitmo they love Metallica and ACDC now <laughs> they totally do 
They they went blasted 24 hours a day because they thought they were torturing us. But we came to love it. <laughs> what do we got next here? Oh, my John, God. I believe. Yep, continuing with uh, with bringing some different things to the island so I didn't get too burnt out. I brought uh, the first Nine Inch Nails record, Pretty Hate Machine. Uh, 1989, October, it came out. It, this album changed things. Uh, I, I think it changed the musical landscape to a degree. Um, it's interesting. It didn't didn't do that much when it first came out. It only went to number 75 on the chart. Uh, but since it has gone triple platinum, uh, Trent Reznor played most of the instruments on the record, but like lots and lots of like 10 or 15 different people added synth and, and production pieces. Uh, there's a, a guy named John Fryer who produced the record with him, him and Flood, and uh, Fryer co-wrote a bunch of the record. Um, they, you know, they, it's kind kind of a, a little secret. Uh, the album has samples from Prince and Jane's Addiction and Public Enemy tucked away in there. But I, I love it. I love the way it sounds. I love the way it's produced. Um, yeah. Ever since it came out, it's been it's been a staple record for me and continues to be. Yeah, I'd really love to see somebody go back to the original recordings and do an updated kind of big loud production of this because I think yeah. it's, it's mixed so well and it sounds so good. It's just for me, it doesn't. It's not loud enough. It doesn't come right. out of the stereo. I, I always felt like the work he did with the early Marilyn Manson records is more of what he wished some of this stuff sounded like. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a bootleg out there, David. Maybe we should play with it. There's a bootleg called Purest Feeling. Yeah. Uh, that is most of the songs on Pretty Hate Machine in kind of a demo and a little stripped down. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, people have probably played with it online. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure people have remixed this on. But I agree. I, this is one of the records I took with cool me album. to college when I first moved in because I didn't take a lot of my own music with me. I brought like couple of t-rex records i brought fishbone some harry connick jr maybe like he had a couple of nice solo yeah. piano records the when harry met sally record no, for intimate moments um but well, he's planning but, I brought, but this one i brought with me and uh it's a good yeah i agree it's a really good record and and you know i i refer to marilyn manson but those guys wouldn't exist in the way people knew them without records like this totally yeah, for sure yeah Colin, what are your what are your thoughts on the Nine Inch Nails here? This is the same as the Foo Fighters. I respect them greatly, and uh, as you know, I'm a big Marilyn Manson fan from back in the day. So Trent Reznor to me is a, a musician. I again have a lot of respect for. I don't go back to Nine Inch Nails as much as I probably should. I really probably should spend more. I think time you'd like those first two records. You've seen him live, John? Many times. Yeah, okay. and, and it, it's an electric performance. Like, like like Nine Inch Nails as, as a touring band is incredible. The one and only time I staged though was at a Nine Inch Nails show. Yeah. Did somebody grab nice. your hat and throw it? No. No, but it was at the Pretty Hate Machine tour. I went with Matt Troy at the Warfield in San Francisco. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I think the first time I saw them was at the, the first one with Palooza. Yep. Like, yeah, this, this is definitely, definitely a record listening to it this afternoon once you post it up. Like, and, and again, like, I've had the same sort of experience before, too. It's like, it's, it's, again, this song had like a whole course. It's like, it's iconic. So it's like, you don't change anything with it. 
but like a lot of the other songs on the record definitely of this era where industrial is trying to like figure itself out yeah it, it's it's almost it has elements of like depeche mode in it like yeah. some of it but you know obviously much harder but not as hard as like some of the contemporary records that are out at the time of the the front yeah. 242s or you know the knights of rev like that that sort of stuff i don't know like I love the album top to bottom. I love like like down in it. I think is also one of right, like yeah. iconic, no, I think, amazing songs. I, 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 I like the idea that it sounds of its era. And yeah, it's not. It can't try to be something else. But the, you know, you know, what were you looking at here? Eighty nine. So we're looking at like thirty five years. Yeah, I, I, of its era, but at the same time, it didn't sound like anything. Oh no, no, of course not. At no, the time. Like that's, that's, so, and, and again, when it, when it first came out, for like most people, it's like I don't know what to make of this because it, yeah, it has that industrial edge, and like there's like there's like all these the pastiche of all these different effects. Is now alarm we go clock to, going off. Oh my gosh! Wake up, bitches! Pause for alarm. Oh, what you got? You got so, if <laughs> so, if King Cobra was my Christmas gift, like a new bike. And I'll get to the other one later. We'll say that was probably like a new video game machine. This kick axe is like getting socks. Nice. I, I, oh! I, I told you in the text, Michael, I, I never liked them. I never could get... Oh, okay. But but I understand them. I understand, like I told you earlier, I your three pieces all fit together. I, I, I relived yeah, Michael's youth. It's too bad youth. you didn't pick a Canadian band for the third band, Mike. You could have just done a clean sweep. Like It's <laughs> pretty good. But they, I, I re- is Canadian. I no, that, but isn't King Cobra Canadian as well? No, they're American. Oh, okay. Come on a piece. Yeah. I thought he was Canadian, too. R- R- Rough Cuts LA, too. Yeah, I knew so, that. Yeah. This is my one Canadian pick. So I relived Michael's youth as I went through his his presence to me. And again, I, and, I, get, mine. I get why he likes <laughs> Kick-Axe. I do not like Kick-Axe. Did you like the cover? I, no. The vices? It's really I, good. So I bought this record off the shelf back in when it came out, 84, 85, whatever it was. <laughs> the band name fails. The artwork fails. <laughs> the songs <laughs> fail. I just could no, not. No. The songs don't fail. You mean I, Metal Shuffle? I do not Heavy care Metal for, Shuffle? I, I, the hey, cover I list, is so fucking bad. I re-listened to it, Michael. After you put it on my island, I spun it. I listened to it. I was like, you know what? I haven't heard this album in 40 years, and it's terrible. Oh, wow. That's a terrible cover. The the island where I got this was, it mostly sort of experienced it was like uh, the school bus ride to fucking Spring Grove. (laughs) Now, I will say the song you put on here, Pause for Alarm, is one of the better ones. It is. And there's there's another one about dreaming. I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, Dreaming... uh, no, there's the last that, song. There's, the a, there's a ballad, but yeah, there's a ballad on the Kick Axe one. It's not bad either. I don't remember the name of it right now, but it has. A, there's a couple songs. I don't. I, I think, think it what is it is. Dream it again or something. Something like. Oh yeah, maybe it is. I but one. I musically, even though it's a little quirky, that's probably not the singer. I think is what bothers me the most. I don't oh, like okay. the guys. I don't like his voice, and I don't like his style. <laughs> of oh, but really like I said, but like I said, I get why it fits together with you. I do it because. Uh-huh. Kick-Axe led into Rough Cut, led into Kick-Cobra, beautiful. It, it was a, a, a tapestry of Michael's youth, and apparently John's uh, youth as well. you appreciated that. I do. Yeah. I understand why you like it, man. I really do. I totally get it. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Any other yeah. thoughts on Kick-Axe? 
this, I mean, I have literally never even picked up a Kick-Ax record because that name of that band will prevent me from actually even They want to say Kick-Ass, but instead they say Kick-Ass. That's my inner Jiminy coming out. I'm like, no, it's a terrible name. What a stupid name. name. (laughs) But again, like my my friend from, like I picked up this record when I was transitioning between Gilroy and Hollister, but my friend Joe is like starting to get into metal and we like listening to like Animalize and like Y&T and Rocky Trust, Metal Heart, you know, the Accept record had come out, and he picked up a, you know, this pickaxe record, and I'm like, this is cool, Joe thought it was cool, he made me a burn copy of it, and I brought it back, you know, to Hollister, and I was listening to it in my little, you know, flea market, you know, Walkman version, it's like, and it, it's, it, if you only have like four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, cassettes, it's like, now it goes to like right to the top of the list. I need to. I'm gonna go. There's a you there's a record store. Addicted. There's a record store near work. I'm gonna go up there and I'm one day I'm gonna take a long lunch and I'm gonna write down the name of every stupid band <laughs> that I can find. Will it be stupider than Kickaxe? Lays Rocket. What does that even fucking mean? Sirith Ungle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I remember those. When I yeah. saw this added to the list. Right? I thought our friend David was punking us. I thought David was having a stroke. I'm so impressed. Well, so this impressed. is the other. This is the other record that I would imagine finding in the discount section, and that I'd be so pissed off if I found it in the box of things. I wasn't going to do it with all three records because I need at least one to listen to. But this record is terrible. This uh, this song is terrible. You know what? Like, I, I actually, I, I kind of like I, this song oh, because because all I think just, about with this song is just like the the girls behind Mick Mars like singing along yeah. with, with Vince like I and, and one of them he would marry. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, Mick married one. Yeah. Mick does. Vince yeah. too. I remember when no, we were. Mick. I remember yeah. when we were kids. Then they started like they're like the nasty habits, and we're like, the mom looking one's hot. It was like with the Juds. All right. You keep but either way, thought, and also it, thinking about the Juds in that sexy way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I like this song. Same same reason that Collins. It's a fun song. There's nothing too serious about it. It's very straightforward, um, and it sounds good. But this record sucks. Um, man. Just everything about it. I've I've got kickstart. This, this is how you know it's bad. I've got kickstart my heart on the um, the flag football hype list, hype playlist. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the one that starts with the with the motorcycles and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's on the, it's on there with like all the songs you would hear at a baseball game or a football game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Iconic is the word you're looking for. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> I seem to remember Doctor Feelgood having that that groovy feel to it, like that jigga 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 sound. Uh, Doctor Feelgood, I think, has some decent songs. I don't think this is one of them. Like, <laughs> like I think the title track is is pretty good. I like the drum intro to it, and like, uh, I, I think "Without You" is one of their better ballads. Not bad, right? Better yeah. than "Home Sweet Home," in my opinion. I think so too. You know, um, I, I think that's a pretty good song, but I don't. 
What else? What else? There was a couple. There was a couple of years. Dancing on glass. That I, I know, that's, that, that's on Girls, Girls, Girls. I thought uh, that Don't Go Away Mad was some other band. I don't like that either. It's not a terrible... I don't like it, but it's not a terrible song. I, I, I think the the cleverness manages to survive that song. It's not a great song, but I'm like, it could have been a decent song. Um, if they played well live, I'd yeah, say it I might mean, be a good song live. My Heart and Dr. Feelgood, both good singles. And, and like, like I said, Without You, I think, is a, a really good track. If they went back to like the pretty boy makeup, this could be like their entree back into like the world of uh, of poison and such. They sold so many records. They made so much money off this tour. This was like basically the start of like the downward, you know. Yeah. yeah. Six million copies in the states. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, what year was this? It's no hysteria. 89? Uh, People were yes. still buying records. August 89. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's who, not who bad. Who opened this but, tour, uh, Mike? I remember we, we went to see yeah. it. It had, like, yeah. the laser intro with the the, the comic Alistair Fiend. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that yeah. Was, was it Oakland or something? Yeah. 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 It was... Again, like they were, they were at the top of their game. They, they were, again, like Motley Crue's always been a little bit of a chameleon, where they just sort of like they, they're hard and then they're soft and they're hard. You know, it's you love to hate them. I was just happy to them. see them on the list. So when I find David on the island, he's gonna be like, "Take this! I don't want it!" And now I have it. No, dude, okay. you'll just follow that smoke signal back to the burning vinyl. <laughs> Also in Colin's uh, carry-on bag was uh, this uh, Black Label Society album. I can't remember the title of what it was. Blessed Hellride. Blessed Hellride, uh, which either sounds like something that the Moms for Liberty are doing when they go to Sturgis, but uh, on it is this song called Stillborn, which we're listening to, which I think also features uh, Zach's boss. It does. So you get a little Ozzy. When you bring this, you get a little Ozzy. So you don't forget Ozzy on the island. You know, no, you get it, to hear his voice. It, it, it's sometimes really hard to forget Ozzy just listening to most Zach songs. <laughs> he kind of imitates Ozzy, either like Black Sabbath Ozzy or like yeah, whatever, sure like what's uh, going on. Pro Tools version of Ozzy <laughs> you're getting. They use the same. They use the same technology. They just have. They have different wives. Plus that heavy oh, no. kick-ass album. So much fun. So good. But, uh, this is yeah, if you have to fight. This is if you have to fight something on the island. Listen to this first. Then you go. I don't fight think the, I've ever heard this. This is pretty good. Thank you. What, what would you have to be fight on, fighting on this island? Like, animals, other people, cannibals. Animals. Other, I thought it was like a deserted island. If there's well, like yeah, yeah, but you know, things happen. Yeah. Right. If, if I have to like fight a human, that just seems like maybe they've got that. better records than this. The volcano Somebody. people come out. Yeah, somebody visited Gilligan's Island every week. Yeah, yeah. I just imagine it some sort of like joke. Harlem Globetrotters would have brought some records. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, some, like, there's like some cargo cult there. They're like, can we dance with your dates? <laughs> Damn. They're really big at the BLS. See? Anybody who would have brought good good records, Don Knotts maybe. But, but it was, it, it was no, it that was, was Scooby Doo. It was definitely a slog call to like do like Zach T to B, like because it was like 
kind of like the zombie. It was like, I get it. Like, you got, like, the thing that you do, and you do it really well. One song, one song, one oh, song. Was that Ozzy? But it's like... Yeah. How's it sound? Was, <laughs> it was a lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the same. But this, this one stood out because Ozzy, like, lended his vocals or some his likeness. You're trying to sound like uh, well, when Alice this, When did this record come out? Oh, geez, 90-something here. I have to look it up. I got two, okay. 2003 on you. Well, oh, 2003? Okay, sorry. 2003. Um, I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on the BOS and this particular record? Like, the... Uh, Hellride, yeah. something Hellride, blessed Hellride. It's awesome. I'm gonna pull my. Comic I, I've never heard it. Say I understand why people like this, but I don't know why. I don't mind I, it. I I think this song is pretty good. Without Aussie, I'm not sure I'd like it as much. But okay. it was a radio. It was on the radio for a long time. On the rock stations. Yeah. And, and and the rest oh, of the songs don't John, have Aussie. God no, bless you, John. Hardy. All right. Closing out with my my desert disc. I figured eventually some ladies are going to wash up on the island, and <laughs> they are not going to want to dance devices. I can tell you that. No. But luckily, I brought the Paul's Boutique. What a great record. Ask for Janice if you go. <laughs> we are in Brooklyn. I mean, come on. This yeah. okay? So. You know, this album comes out. It's eagerly anticipated after after License to Ill came out. They had a they had a tussle with Russell Simmons and with uh, Rick Rubin, and they left Def Jam. Signed a big deal at Capitol Records. Capitol mm-hmm. gave them all this seed money, and yeah. they they went out to L.A. to party and make a record. They hook up with the Dust Brothers, and they make this album. And the Dust Brothers keep pushing them, like, you know, let's expand, let's expand the sound, and. Yauk especially was worried they did not want to get pigeonholed as frat party rock guys. And they're like, let's do something different. Let's do something experimental and fun. And it comes out and it tanks. Like the, the, it, it was it was a huge disaster for the label and, and the band. Yeah. And uh, since then, it's probably looked back on as the Beastie Boys best record. It, um, it, I, it, it's like it, it's like the fucking Pet Sounds record. Like, I, I I certainly think so. It, I now, agree. I, an I interesting agree. note on this album: it has a hundred and five different samples on mm. the album, like the Dust Brothers and and Mario Caldato, Mario C. You can't front on that. Uh, were the producers on the record? And at the time, sampling wasn't as prevalent as it became in hip hop and licensing was was a lot freer and cheaper. So a lot of the samples got cleared either for free or for a minimal charge. They spent $250,000 to clear all the samples on the record. And someone did the math in 2016 and, and did it by specific samples on the record. And estimated that in 2016, had they licensed at the current fees to make the album, it would have been $20 million in samples. Yeah. Wow. That's a deal breaker right yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, this, this it's not just one of the Beastie Boys' greatest records, or maybe the Beastie, the greatest record to Beastie Boys. Every time I hear people talking about this, they talk about this being in the top something of hip-hop records ever. It's such a good record. Um, I decided to keep it metal, but uh, I did have some uh, some other uh, genres in my in my pocket. Should I, you know, if that tape survived the wreckage, um, I probably got a grand don't come for free, <laughs> like ready to roll if I find a cassette player. 
I, wow. I read a I read a good quote uh, when I was looking at stuff for this record earlier, and it said that uh, Chuck D of Public Enemy was quoted as saying that it was a dirty secret amongst the black hip hop community at the time <laughs> of release that Paul's Boutique had the best beats. <laughs> that's well, very yeah, fair. They're, they're, well, they're that's a capital good one, money too. Unfortunately, we got a another song coming. Um, so, Colin, this we all, end. This all we, washes ashore, and like I said, this is this is like the the second best Christmas gift you get. <laughs> I really liked Rough Cut when it came out. Uh, again, T to B, know every word, every song. Played Rough Cut a lot, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was not King Cobra, not quite, not as not polished. Like King Cobra, much better but... than, much better than Kick Axe. So really liked Rough Cut, and uh, I don't know it's just it's just really good stuff. And Dreaming Again is a great song. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's definitely like a really good power ballad in the sense of like it builds. It's a little haunting. Um, Paul Shortino's vocals are like. I, and I think that's yes. the difference, Michael. Is I think I think with Paul the singing was so much better than I expected it to be. When I pick, because I let's face it, right? I bought it for the cover, a rough cut yeah, knife through the like heart, heart with a spider. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, give, give me, like, all right, it's right, you know. <laughs> right. And then when I listen, I was like, wow, I'm like this is this guy can sing. This is did good this stuff. did this record get you through any tough times, Colin? No, just that just heart good... with the knife through it. Just nah. I need, I need this now. Nope, just a good, just a, a good, <laughs> nice hair metal, hair metal added to the collection. I, I think all, the, all these records help me get through tough times, and I still listen to them. Dokken was my my hard times band. Ooh, there you go. That was my that was my hard times this band. Like Tooth and Nail? Yeah. Tooth and Nail shit? There you go. That's all the same era, 84, 85, which yep, I think is like the, this little window of the, the records that I picked. And Helix, Long Way to Heaven. That, Ooh, that's that's another, another, those those were all about the same time. Those were, the, those were a couple of hard times, but... But Rough Cut was not. Rough Cut was just fun. You guys listen to a lot of... Yeah. Middle of the road I was going to say, I was going to say, like, third-tier bands in the 80s. Not not even going to deny that, but, you know, I have no pride as far as, like, you know... it's like Fourth tier. It's kind of like when they have, like, those little uh, bumper stickers, like, who rescued who? And it's like, pretty sure... The dog wasn't going to rescue Paul Shortino is like, Michael rescued me. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like, th- th- this, this was the, the life preserver that was out there. And it's like, I will take this. I will take this plot. These, the these are bands, like, I never even saw their records at the record store. No, and you How could written. you miss them? Nor, nor so many ways. This, this, was, this was a fairly popular record. Yeah. It, it, it was, uh, it was, it was uh, their producer. They were managed by Wendy Dio, and Rough Cut did show up in a lot of uh, Dio-related stuff. They, they did tour with Dio. They're part of Hearing Shortino's on there as well yeah. the guitarist. Uh, so they, they did have like a little push. The, the, the thing that these three bands all have in common, one album, two albums, that's it. They, they were part of like a metal gold rush after uh, Take Quiet Riot. Get signed, get think chance, like, maybe re-up. Mid-80s, I was a little more into, like, art and noise. Yeah, do you uh, think they were too early, Mike? Uh, rough Cut? Yeah. I 85? 
I, I like, think, would they have done a little better if this album came out in 87, 88? I, I, I think they, it was just sort of like a, just a bad combination of things. Like the, the second record was a little bit stronger. Um, you. But they, they, they just weren't getting the push. I'm trying to think, were they on Capitol? Uh, I'm John. I'm Warner Brothers. They were Warner Brothers, so I, I feel like they got out of the gate a little early. Yeah, I think yeah. the people with the <laughs> money to spend who can appreciate them would have bought it in '87. Yeah, but they, again, they weren't. They weren't trying to do like all the sort of like. Uh, they they were on Warner Brothers. Mike, they, same yeah, as yeah, Warner Brothers. They, they weren't doing like hair band stuff. They were like, I think. Kind of like a little bit more serious, kind of like rock band. Like it's serious. Like I mean, like in the same way as like, like Lover Band, Lover Boy is like a serious band. It's just sort of like, yeah. you know, there, was, there was oversaturation at this point. You know, you know, a lot of these bands just, you know, they they leave us with good records. They wash up on shore, and we just consume them like the baby turtles that they are. <laughs> Wikipedia says they're recording a new record right now. What? Yeah. With Carlos Cavazzo on guitar. <laughs> well, we, well, we do know that there was already this sort of crossover with uh, the two records I picked with Carmine and Paul. They've, they've been doing the uh, King Cobra records, and, and Carlos is the guitarist in King yeah. Cobra. Right. So there, there was a really good interview out of uh, a radio show podcast with the folks in Oklahoma. I'm not going to remember the station, but... Uh, Carlos just seems like fucking super sweet down to earth dude. Really? Yeah. That's nice. It was weird when we talked to Rudy Sarzo and he said that he hadn't talked to Carlos in like 20 years. Seems weird. Because like Carlos seemed like really well adjusted and sweet. It also seems weird that they haven't been in four bands together since then. (laughs) You would think. Yeah. I mean, maybe Carlos is sweet and well adjusted because he doesn't spend any time with Rudy Sarzo. I don't know. That's I don't, mean. Uh, no, or maybe the, maybe the, maybe they just shouldn't spend time together because they both seem very nice. It happens. On the couch it does happen. Let's talk That's why about I don't I don't I don't hang out with Colin. But our 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 jams have ended. <laughs> the music on the island has gone just dark insulted. for the evening. Uh, and the oh. name is Art Restless. Just exposing my weaknesses, Colin. Not oh, yours. Okay. There we go. Uh uh, yeah. So honestly, which of these records would you keep? Mine. I keep all mine. <laughs> would you? You keep the the Colin records you found? Uh, no. I meant I would keep the ones that I. <laughs> we selected. would trade back. We would trade back we, over. We would all just keep drink. our own. Yes. The way the episode was intended. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would. Uh, I would listen to Flexible, and I would use the other two to warm myself. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Are these? It means he would burn UFO. Yes, it means he would burn them and keep himself warm. And then, then the only record you have is flexible, dude. And I would, I, I, you know what I would do? I thought about this. Or even flexible. I would, uh, I would learn. Stop giving him the benefit. I would learn each of the parts. I don't know. On the whole, don't you know most of them already? I know all the guitar parts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd go get. Oh, you learn the drum sequences. Learn the drum sequences. I'd learn the, <laughs> With the a bass rock. parts. I get uh, a rock and a coconut. I get the. Uh, I'd learn <laughs> all the vocal harmony. I know most of the vocal parts too, but you know, well, I'd really maybe I'd transcribe it. Find Guys, you, you know what's different about the end of this episode? What's that? 
every week we talk about like what are we going to do for the next episode we never know everything's always we do done now. on the fly we do now we oh, do no. now no this, this no. week we have adam and the metal hawks coming Ooh. by the show oh that this is a band i love they are they are managed by twisted sisters management I saw them open for Twisted at the Metal Hall of Fame last year uh, when Twisted got inducted, and they are so fucking good. So if you if you want to introduce yourself yeah. to a really great young new band, they're called Adam and the Metal Hawks. They just released uh, a new album that uh, I, I think it's I think it's only been out it's two out weeks. August. Came out in August. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the new album's called Hurry Up and Wait. They're about to start a tour. They're actually going over, playing some uh, dates in Ireland, and then going to the UK. But uh, they're going to join us on the show this week. Awesome. And, uh, and I highly suggest listening to their music beforehand because they're awesome. Now, so. and, and, I, and I started to, and they, have, they do have some videos out. They seem like a really crack band, like great uh, musicians. The vocalist has like great Pipes. Yeah, yeah, they're they, they're really great. They harmonize really well, and they did they just do fun. Uh, like if you follow them on Facebook or on on Instagram, they just do quick videos. Well, where they'll just like they'll cover a song. They'll they'll yeah. cover. They, they seem like a fun party band. Yeah, stuff. Boston or something like that, and they'll do it a cappella, and and they're great. They're they're just a really entertaining, cool band. Yeah, so, I remember uh, you talking about them. That's yeah, awesome. I'm super yeah, stoked so they, they're coming by. So like, uh, yeah. like no sleep till Wednesday later this week. Adam I'm going to sleep right after this. And, that, and that's uh, yes. that's that uh, well, nobody else needs to know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play I it do. when we play it. Thank you one and all for joining us on Desert Island Discs Part 2. Uh, even though David still doesn't think we did a Part 1. Uh, if you want to hear the first one, Episode 41 uh, is that episode. Right at the beginning of the pandemic. I think it's our first pandemic episode, actually. So oh, wow. it's probably long. And we just sound tired and just like. I wonder what we picked. I'm gonna listen to it again. I wonder what yeah, what throw, what throw, throw that up after after you Rock. listen to this one. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter or X, as all Twitter. the kids are calling it, M A M H Pod on X. Uh, we are Metal Podcast on Instagram. <laughs> on Facebook, we are Middle Aged Metalheads. Yep. Uh, for Michael Stamps, for David Timoney, for Colin Bossler, for myself, John Harden. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you later this week.